Hey, well, good morning, Edinburgh. <laughs> it's great to be here with my church family. Uh, I did uh, want to just say, hey, happy Independence Day <laughs> or weekend, right? Happy Fourth of July uh, weekend. Uh, I was thinking this 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 past week that one of the things we can give God thanks for um, this weekend is just the fact that we're able to do this. That, that, that we are able to read our Bibles and uh, come into a place um, like this and worship God freely, right? That's, uh, that's really good news for us, something we can give thanks for. That was something our, our founding fathers, they did understand the importance of that, the, the, um, the idea of having freedom when it comes to worship. And, uh, of course, evidence of that is that uh, after the Revolutionary War and fought, they fought for their independence— the first thing they say in the Constitution is that Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion. And friends, that's not the Second Amendment. That's not the Fourth Amendment. That's not the Fourteenth Amendment. It's the First Amendment. They recognized how important it was for us to be able to worship our God in, in, in freedom. And so that is something I think we can all give praise uh, to God for uh, this, this holiday this holiday weekend. Just a couple of things I want you guys to be aware of. Uh, one is uh, we are uh, already opening up registration for any of you who would like to volunteer to serve in our Awana ministry. Uh, I just want to take a moment to say thank you to all of you who serve in this awesome ministry uh, where you invest in little ones' lives. All my kids have gone through the Awana ministry. One of them still currently in it. But I just want to say thank you to all of you volunteers. You're making a huge impact. And maybe others of you would like to sign up and be a, be a part of that. You can go ahead and do that. You can go to myedinburgh.org, and uh, there's more information there. And here's the good news. We usually have a waiting list of people in our community that want to get into this program. We can't always find room for them. When you sign up as a volunteer, your kids get first dibs. So I'm just throwing that out there, <laughs> if that might entice some of you <laughs> to go check it out. But I do actually want to say thank you so much to all of those of you who serve and, and make a difference in our little ones' lives around here. Uh, and... Uh, Hey, many of you are aware that in June we were doing a, a big push. We wanted to end our, our fiscal year financially strong. And uh, while we're still kind of counting to see what's come in, here's what I can tell you. We ended the month of June positive. We're ending the year positive. We hit all of our goals for the year, and I think that's something we can celebrate this morning. I just want to say thank you, Edinburgh, for your generosity. I know many of you uh, went over and above uh, to help us to accomplish that. And, and I hope all of us are being a part uh, of that because it's only because of your generosity that we are literally able to do this ministry here at Edinburgh Church. So thanks to all of you. We're in a series right now uh, called Summer Sunday School for Adults. Uh, we've been looking at these more popular stories. Uh, we're listening to you to see what would you like us to preach on. And, uh, and uh, I don't know about you, I've been enjoying this series so far. Uh, some of us grew up hearing about these stories. We've heard these stories a hundred times. Others of us maybe have never heard some of these stories. 
And we don't know what these stories are all about. And so we're studying these stories uh, together. And uh, I trust that all of us will learn something or take something away from this series. And and this morning, I'm dealing with the topic of Jesus washing his disciples' feet. This morning, we're going to look at the story of when Jesus washes his disciples' feet. This is something that was recommended for us uh, to teach on. Um, I, I... Told you a couple weeks ago, I think it was, two, two three weeks ago, um, about when Danielle and I went up to the Boundary Waters and uh, kind of our ordeal camping on a, on a rock in the middle of a lake, uh, the wind taking us, so we ended up having to just camp wherever the, uh, the, the storm took us. And by the time our week was done in the Boundary Waters, Danielle and I literally crawled out of there, okay? I mean, we crawled out of there for our, for our lives. And I have never gotten into a clean car that dirty in my life. It literally rained and stormed the whole time. So we were sleeping in mud. And by the time we got in the car, I was caked. Uh, Danielle was as well. From the top of our heads to the bottom of our feet, we were just filthy. All right. And so we didn't even make it home before we were like, we have got to stop somewhere where we can shower up. And so we stopped at this uh, cheap motel and, and showered up. And I don't know if you've ever had an experience like that where you were just super dirty and then you were able to take a shower or something and get cleaned off and, and, and how good that feels. You ever, had, you ever had an experience like that? I mean, I walked out of that shower feeling like a new person. I mean, I realized there was dirt and, and mud in places I didn't even know existed. All right? And, and as I, it, was like the, it felt like I was the cleanest I had ever been. I walked out feeling like a new man. And maybe you've had an experience like that where you were super dirty, and then you got cleaned up, and it just refreshed you. And you felt so good afterwards. Well, this morning, we're going to look at Jesus cleaning his disciples' okay, feet. But what we're going to learn is that this story is not just about serving other people. That, that tends to be the big focus when most of us uh, grew up hearing the story. It was, it was about serving others. Uh, Jesus serves us, so we should serve them in such a way. Of, and, and I don't want you to hear me wrong. That is one of the major lessons from this story. In fact, I'm going to read to you right away the ending. This is what Jesus says after he does this, after he washes his disciples' feet. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and he returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. And very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Okay, so here clearly one of the major lessons we are to learn from this story is that just as Jesus humbled himself and served us in this way, we are to serve, love, and humble ourselves um, before others. Uh, like Jesus did. And that is a major lesson of the story. But we're going to see this morning that there's actually another lesson that Jesus wants to teach us in this this story. That Jesus doesn't just want to wash us physically or teach us to even serve other people in this way, but rather he wants to teach us about what he does for us spiritually. How he can wash us clean 
spiritually. And so this morning we're going to look at it through a little bit of a different angle. We're going to look at it through the lens of the disciples, okay? Um, I bet some of us come in here this morning and, and, and could use a cleansing, spiritually speaking. I bet there's some of us who come in here uh, struggling with things like guilt or shame, or maybe others of us who haven't looked at ourselves clearly in the mirror to see maybe what's going on in our life. But I'm telling you, all of us can walk out this morning because of what Jesus has accomplished for us, clean and feeling like a new person. And that's really, really good news for every single one of us. And so I want us to just jump into this story and see this lesson that we learn through the disciples' eyes. In John 13, 1, uh, we read that it was just before the Passover festival. That's, that's important to the story. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Okay, so it's important for us to recognize the context of when this takes place. It takes place during the Passover festival. And uh, just to remind us what the Passover festival was all about, it was a time uh, to, to, to remember when the Israelites were in bondage in Egypt. Moses went before Pharaoh, said, let my people go. Pharaoh refused, God sent plagues. And the last plague was, was the plague of the angel of death going over uh, Egypt, um, killing the, the firstborn son um, in, in, in every uh, household. And, and here's, uh, but, but, but God gave a way out of that. And, and he said, what you do is you, you're going to take a lamb and you're going to sacrifice this, this lamb and you're going to put the blood on your doorpost. You're going to put the blood on your post and lentil. And when that angel goes by, if it sees that this sacrifice has been made... It will pass by you and your family, sparing you and your family. And so that, that, that lamb represented the sacrifice that took their sin. It was slain to take um, the, the, the people's sin so that they could be clean and safe before, before God. And so every year they would have this Passover feast remembering this. And clearly, Jesus is the ultimate Passover lamb, the, the one who would take our sin upon himself, absorbing God's judgment in his body on the cross so that, just like those Israelites, you and I could be safe, so that you and I could be clean before God. You know, some people struggle with guilt and shame because of something that they've done, something that's haunting them in their past. And while our sins can certainly have consequences and lingering effects in our life, you need to realize when you say that Jesus being sacrificed on that cross can't cleanse you from your sin, what you are really saying is Jesus isn't good enough. You're saying Jesus isn't sufficient. And I think... When we think about it that way, we realize, okay, there's something wrong about that because Jesus is good enough. He was perfect. He is sufficient to cleanse us from our sin. And so no matter what we've done, we can be cleansed because of the Passover lamb in Jesus. And, and, and yet some of us, maybe we think a little differently than that. And I, I see this kind of being a growing trend 
where now people are like, don't say that I'm sinful. Don't say that I have sin in my life. Like, that hurts my self-esteem or makes me feel bad. And, and so we kind of just look at Jesus then dying on the cross as a symbolism of God's love for us, okay? But I want to remind us, the Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all have dirt in our lives. It might be different from another person's, but we all have dirt in our life that we need to be cleansed, that we need to be washed from. And the good news is Jesus didn't just come symbolically to show us how much God loves us. He actually came to do something very real for you, to take your sin in his body and die in your place. And so what Jesus does is he takes our sin away from us. He cleanses us from our sin, which is why when John the Baptist, before his disciples, sees Jesus walk by, you remember what he said? There goes the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Okay? So Jesus is our Passover Lamb. And it's important for this story that this is happening during the Passover festival. Verse 2 says, The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, and he took off his outer clothing, and he wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was, that was wrapped around him. So again, many of us who grew up hearing this story um, here's where we're, we're told that the, the context of the day was that a servant would uh, take up a basin of water and, and a towel and wash the feet of the guest who came into one's home, right? And it wasn't just any servant. It would always be the lowest of the servants. And that's true. That is the context of, of Jesus' day but I, I want to stop and just ask you a question. Who are these men? Most of these men are fishermen. You know, uh, Matthew, being a tax collector, probably the wealthiest of, of any of them, but most of these men, we're told elsewhere, they're uneducated men. These are just average Joes. I think it's very likely these men had never had anyone ever wash their feet in their adult life. Yes, it's part of the context of Jesus' day for the wealthy. But these men are not wealthy. They are not used to eating in homes of people of wealth where some practice like this would take place. And so let me suggest to us that this was probably very awkward for the disciples. Would you want someone touching your feet? Now, I know some of you love to get pedicures and fancy up your toes and put the gloss on it and everything. And, and what your pastor does on the weekends is his own business, okay? Okay. <laughs> No, I've, I've never done that before. 
in my life. But to be served in this way, if you're not one of those types, let me tell you something. These disciples are not those types. These disciples have been walking dusty roads in sandals where animals do what animals do. They've been stepping in it. Can you imagine, fishermen, how nasty their feet would be? I mean, we can only imagine. And, and here's one of the things I find as, as Americans, especially American Christians, you maybe never really thought about this, but we don't even really like to be served. It, it can be really hard sometimes for us to be served. In fact, sometimes when someone serves you, it's almost like, well, I got to serve you back and even harder. Because I can't let you serve me and, and, and hold that over me, right? As Americans who like to be so independent, that, that can be hard for us. Now, there are some of us who love to be served, and we're just like, serve me. We call those sociopaths, okay? But in generally, I don't know, maybe, maybe, right? But it, it can be hard for us. And I don't think it's any different with the disciples. Like, they're being served this way. It had to be super, super awkward. Um, some of you know Londa Summers. Uh, she serves on our board of directors, and she's part of a really cool ministry. Uh, it's called Soul Care for Souls. And uh, <laughs> uh, the subtitle of this program, A Program of Good in the Hood. <laughs> okay, because apparently uh, she's in the hood, but what she's tending to is homeless people's feet. Maybe some of you have heard of this. And so she serves at like the Union Gospel Mission and places like that. Um, but she's, she, she was recently telling me people come in and sometimes they're just desperate. For, they need like somebody to check out their feet. But she said they're oftentimes very reluctant for anyone to wash their feet. She was telling me someone came in. He had just had surgery on his feet and he wasn't getting the proper doctor care that he needed. But he came into to where she was at and, and said, would you at least just check how the wound's doing? But don't, don't, wash, my, don't wash my feet. And so she tended to um, the wound, looked at it, and then eventually he warmed up and, and did let her wash his feet. But she, she said this is, it's often hard for, for people to, to allow that, okay? And by the way, if, if that's something you're interested in, she's looking for people to help out. You wouldn't wash the feet. You kind of just run uh, water and grab supplies and things like that. Talk to, talk to Londa. But it got me thinking about, man, we, we don't really want people touching our feet, right? Like, I remember when I was a kid, I had um, a really bad case of athlete's foot. Has anyone ever got that? And I'd come home from school, and my feet would just be itching, and I had to put, like, ointments and stuff between my toes. The last thing I would ever want is someone touching my feet. I'd be worried you're going to get that on your hands and touch your eye, and you could get athlete's eye. I mean, just don't touch my feet. I'm sure this is the disciples. I'm trying to help us understand how awkward this is for the disciples as Jesus is touching their feet. And, and if you don't know it was awkward, look, look at verse 6. He came to Simon Peter who said to them, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Peter's feeling awkward here. Who knows what Peter's feet look like? It's a fisherman. Warts? I don't know. Bunions the size of onions? I don't, I don't know. But are you gonna, this is Jesus who he respects. 
stooping down to wash his feet. Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. What's he talking about here? See, right here he's telling us, this is a, an example, a symbolic example of, of what you're going to eventually understand, what I am trying to say. I want to clean your soul. And in order to clean your soul, you're going to have to give me your feet. You're going to have to give me the dirtiest part, who you are. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. But then Jesus answered, Un unless I wash you, listen to this, you have no part in me. What he's saying here is you, you can't be my disciple then. You can't be my disciple unless you let me touch and wash your feet. Why, why does Jesus care so much, by the way, about us being cleansed? Why is that so important to Jesus? Let me just give you a few reasons and quickly here. First, um, it's how we experience God. We need to be clean if we're going to experience God enough. Do you, do, you, do you realize that, that you can't really experience God in your life if your heart, your soul is dirty? Jesus makes this clear when he says um, in the Beatitudes, right, Matthew 5, 8, blessed are the pure, the clean in heart, um, for they will see God. It's the pure in heart who experience God in their lives. They're the ones who see God. I, I've been honest with you, church. I've, I realized long ago that things like pornography or sexual sins in my life, it just does something where my heart gets hard and I have a hard time experiencing God. There's something to what Jesus is saying here. Blessed are the pure in heart. They're the ones who become sensitive. Because when you have crust over your heart, when you have mud and, and muck over your heart, it's hard to be sensitive to his, his presence and his leading in your life. And so one of the first reasons is because he wants us to experience him. Another reason is because it leads to healing. Right? What, what happens when a wound gets infected? It festers, and, and, it, gets, and it gets worse. And so what do you have to do? You have to, you have to clean out that wound. Uh, that's why when my kids, like, scrape a knee or, you know, their foot on something, and then they come in, and anybody else have to do it? You got to get, like, the... You got to get, like, the... the I, I try to use hydrogen peroxide because it seems like it stings less, right? Or... Sometimes you don't have, you got to use the alcohol, and it's like the rubbing alcohol, and you put it on there, and, and then what do you have to do is the, the parent, right? You got to blow on that thing to keep it, because otherwise, it, it, sometimes Jesus cleaning us out can even be painful. We need to know that, but it's for our good because it cleans out the wound. Otherwise, it's going to fester, and it's going to get bad. And I look at a culture today, and I see the things that people are starting to think, and I see the things people are starting to do, and I see the things people are giving into and believing. And I'm like, what we're seeing, friends, are wounds that are infected. And they need Jesus to clean out their wounds. When we don't have our wounds cleaned out, man, I'm telling you, it can come out sideways in our life eventually. He wants us to be clean so that we can be healed. And last... Simply put, it's what he wants for us. Jesus just wants us to be holy because he is holy. He wants us to be clean because he is clean. Uh, Peter learned this lesson, apparently. He says this in, in 1 Peter 1. He says, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. 
For it is written, be holy, because I, God, am holy. And so, friends, if we're going to enjoy God's presence, be in his presence, and walk in a way that's pleasing to Christ, we, we need to be clean. I mean, if someone was filthy and dirty, if one of your kids got filthy and dirty, do you just let them come into your house and get that dirtiness everywhere? Probably, probably not. You'll probably try to find some way to clean them up before they came in. I, I remember when I was um, at Daniel's parents one time, uh, I gave my kids, they were probably about two years old at the time, I gave them some ice cream. And they ate this, and it just melted. It was a hot day, and the ice cream ended up all over them. And as you can imagine with two-year-olds, so they ended up wearing more of it than eating. And here they are filthy, and I'm like, I can't let them into Daniel's house like this, ice cream dripping, all sticky. And, and, and so, but here's the good, Danielle's parents had a dog. <laughs> a lab named Maddie, and <whistles> come here, girl. And I mean, she licked those kids cleaner. Than if they had taken a shower, and now they could come back in. So I was like, God, he, I, we, need to, we need to remember sometimes. For all the talk of God's love and whatnot, we need to remember he is a holy God. He is a pure God, pure in heart. More pure in heart than any one of us. And so this is just something he expects of us. I expect my disciples to walk in cleanliness. Now, does that mean we've got to live in perfection and we're out when we mess up? No, because look at what happens next. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, don't just wash my feet, but wash my hands and my head as well. Give me an entire bath then, Lord, if, if that's what you want. But look at what, what Jesus says. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And, and you are clean, though not every one of you, for he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. Not everyone had been washed. He's talking, of course, about Judas here. But he's telling the rest of the disciples, you have been washed. You are already clean. And here is the principle I want us to learn this morning. Okay, As believers... We are already saved, but we need continual cleansing. We are already saved as believers. We have received our bath, but we need ongoing continual cleansing in our life. Because as we walk through this world, we do get dirty. We do mess up. We do experience things. Sometimes it's not even sin on our part. It's hurts and things that are done to us. But we need Jesus to cleanse us. The psalmist in Psalm 51.10 says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. The psalmist is a believer here, but he desired a clean, pure heart. So here's my challenge for all of us this morning. Give Jesus your feet. Give them your feet. No matter how dirty they are, no matter how bad shape they are, would we be willing as a church to say, Jesus, here's my feet? Because here's the thing, Jesus says, I want them. 
I want to wash you, and I want to make you clean. I'm telling you, some of us, we grew up in church, and here's, this, this can be a problem in some of our lives. You kind of heard that there's some things in church we can't really talk about. There's things that we can't really say in church. I often feel that as a pastor. Like, there's things if I say it, it's just, right? Because it's, it's, it, we're not used to hearing things like that in church. But then here's the problem with that. Then you start equating that to God. And you start saying, I can't say these things to God. I can't talk about these realities in my life with God. And what happens is you end up living in darkness. Those places stay in darkness because you don't think you can hand Jesus your feet. And I'm telling you, he wants your feet. And he wants to make you clean. He doesn't care how many warts. He doesn't care how many bunions. He doesn't care what you got on there. He wants your feet. I like to think that if Peter did have a word on his foot, you know, Jesus would kind of take his foot and be like, what, what, what we got going on, Peter? Here, a six toe or something? What do you and making light of it, and not to make fun of Peter, but guess what? To relax Peter. Peter, give me your feet. I don't mind touching your feet. I want to make them clean. I want to make you clean. And so I wonder if some of us come in here this morning, and maybe there's something going on in our heart. Maybe there's something like jealousy something like that, and you know that about you, like you hate that about yourself, but you kind of just, you know, hide it under the rug, sweep it under the rug kind of thing, because you don't want to deal with it, you don't want to talk. Maybe today, this week, is where you go to Jesus and say, God, I'm struggling with this. This is a reality in my life, and I don't want to, would you clean me up? Would you help me with that? Maybe for some of you, it's, it's lust of some kind. Maybe it's some kind of like, sexual thing. I feel like in the church sometimes we can't be as honest as we need to be about things like pornography and masturbation, and yet these are things that many of us feel convicted about and wrestle with, and maybe, maybe Jesus is waiting for you to say, hand me your feet. Because when we don't, it leads to perversions, and it comes out sideways, and it leads to worse things. Some of us this morning need to give Jesus our feet. And I don't know what that issue for you is, but I'm telling you, he loves you so much. He's greater than you are. He's better than you are. He's not fearful of anything you might say to him. He just wants your feet because he wants you walking in cleanliness. And he shed his precious blood so we could walk out of here today clean. I want to walk out here clean today. Anybody else? That's why I came to church. I want to walk out clean. Feeling good. Experiencing God and his love and more of his joy and his peace in my life. Nothing getting in the way. I know there's still places in my heart that need to be healed. And so I'm asking you, Jesus, right now, would you, would you heal me in those areas? You know what they are. I don't even think I know what all of them are. But I'm going to hand you my most vulnerable thoughts and challenges, Lord, and sin issues and hurts in my life because I want to walk out of here today cleaner than when I came in. And, Lord, I know it's what you want for all of us so we can be good witnesses to others. And so we're going to end this morning, and we're going to get an opportunity to, to invite Jesus to clean our feet. We're going to take communion together. And um, if you didn't get one of these cups, you can raise your hand. There's people in the back.
who will bring you one of the cups. Um, First John 1 John 1.9, listen to this, guys. It's good news. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and he will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. That's what his blood and his sacrifice on the cross, being our Passover lamb, can, can do for us this, this morning. So we're going we're to take... The wafer here. And uh, something else I should mention about the Passover lamb is it wasn't just to represent cleansing us from our sin. They would also eat the lamb, okay, uh, to nourish them and sustain them. And so we've got the wafer. Jesus is saying, I'm not here just to even clean you. I also want to give you my life. Some of you need to be filled with some, some life, some Jesus life this morning. Anyone need a little bit more Jesus life in them this morning? I do. I want all the Jesus life I can get in me. And so we've got this wafer. We can eat this. And we're saying, Jesus, we invite you to fill us with your spirit, with your life this morning. Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice. And then we get to the blood. Friends, it's the blood that washes us clean. <laughs> I'm going to walk out of here feeling like a new person. That's what I want. That's what I want for every single one of you. I know that's what God wants for his church. You're already saved if you're a believer in Christ, but we need continual ongoing washing. And so, Jesus, we invite you in right now to wash our feet, the dirtiest parts of us, stepped in things in this world, trying to follow you the best we can. We know we need, we need washing. And so we invite you to wash our feet this morning, Jesus. We drink. Well, Lord, we just want to say thank you. God, I know there's some who come in here today, and maybe they need the bath. Maybe they need to be washed for the first time. Friends, if that's you, you say, Jesus, I'll, I'm yours. I want to be clean. I want to walk out of here forgiven of my sin right with you through your sacrifice for me on the cross. You just, you received that this morning. And Lord, we want to... Now worship you and turn our attention to saying thank you, God, for how great of a God you are <laughs> that you would take our dirty, nasty feet and make us clean in your presence. That's how we want to live. We pray this in your name and all God's people said.